Hello, my beautiful friend. I'm excited to share this episode with you. We get into breath work, which is one of these amazing practices that you can do. I want to share really big news that I now have a meditation library created for you. That's right. You can jump over to recoverlikeamother.com forward slash membership to check out all the benefits and perks. I appreciate you. I love you. Let's get into the show. Welcome back, mama. How are you? So grateful that you've turned on the show again. One more time, recover like a mother. You have so many podcasts that you can listen to today and you're with me. Today, I am really excited to have this conversation with Riss Sue. She is a master integrative breakthrough coach. That's a mouthful, but I love her work and I love her story. She is a a breathwork facilitator. That's where we kind of connect because I'm a breathwork facilitator, which is such a powerful practice. So this is going to be a juicy conversation. Make sure you listen all the way through because we're going to get deep. Riss, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Lee. Yes. I, you know, you know, when you meet somebody and you're just like, yeah, she's my people. Like (laughs) there's an understanding. There's a mutual, like just admiration. Oh, that's nice. There's a horn. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we're keeping it real here. Yeah. We're keeping it real. So I'm really grateful that you came on the show and I, I want our listeners to understand your recovery and where you're at, you know, you're a, you're a mother in recovery from a different path. I talk to all different pathways. I love your story. So let's get into, you know, what brought you into recovery? Like what landed you in, in sober life? It, it was a few things, but primarily the birth of my son. Uh, I had a, a nice 15 year career, if not longer with drugs and alcohol. And I really struggled with it from a young age. I think I started around 15 And I had wanted to get sober for many years. I love that term that you used, sober curious before, because I was sober curious for many years and I really didn't believe it was possible for me. I thought I was going to die an addict. And like my father had, like my grandfather had, like my grandmother had, and I just believed that our family had this curse and that was just going to be my path as well. But then my son was born and I was like, oh my God, this can't be my story. This cannot be my story because here's this beautiful being here and he's so lovely and I want to live. I want to live for my son. And, and at first it, you know, you say, well, you got to live for yourself, but I wasn't there yet. You know, I needed a, a bigger why and my, and that definitely was, you know, my son. And so I started, started on the journey. Okay. I'm just going to back up the real, <laughs> right? Because addiction is a family illness. And I just heard that like the layers, you know, your family, people not being able to stop drinking. So you had your beautiful little boy and you, was it that easy really to just make a decision? It was. So I relapsed three times mm. and, but it's interesting because coming from a family of Alcoholics Anonymous people, my grandmother actually, who passed away last year had 26 years of sobriety. Whoa. She, yeah. She was amazing. And she was this huge matriarch in the small town in Vernon, uh, British Columbia, where we're uh, from. And she really helped me with my sobriety. And she was like, yes, you've just got to make the concrete decision that this is going to be your life. You're going to do whatever it takes to get sober. 
And then all of a sudden the, the, the support is going to appear from nowhere. And I, I remember thinking to myself, my grandma's full of shit. (laughs) Like nobody's coming to support me. I, you know, nobody's been here to support me as I've been a disaster. Right. Uh, with my limited perception, because I did actually have a lot of support that I didn't see at the time. But yeah, it was that easy. Made the commitment. And then all of a sudden, things just started popping up from nowhere. And I ended up in the right place at the right time, getting the yeah. help. needed. And four years later, you know, yeah. here I am. Right. It's incredible how like each of us has our own path. And I'm just imagining again, you know, having that little one in your arm and making that decision and, and life changes, you know, it's not easy, you know, getting sober is not an easy feat and staying sober is not an easy feat. What are some of the practical tools that you use today that you used back in the early days, right? Like, is there a difference from back then and today? Oh my gosh. I would say I'm a completely different woman uh, for number number one, I'm a woman. And uh, cause I was a girl before I was sober. And I, I also was having this conversation with another mother friend of mine who just had her baby, you know, her child is almost a year old. And the thing that they don't tell us is that the mother is also born with the child. We are reborn as a mother. And so we get to start over our life and really relearn how we want to be as a human being. So we can be a better example for our child. And just to be, to really, we have all this space as a mom to recreate ourselves, to become the person that we'd always wanted to be. So we can be that, we can be that person for our child and for ourselves finally. Right. So it's a coming home, you know, path of what is that? A rite of pass, uh, passage is what I'm looking for. But so that would be the first thing. But what you actually asked me is what what's different. Well, I, I went on this wild <laughs> adventure. I literally felt like I was in the game of Zelda where I was like, oh my gosh, magic is real. And, you know, we're magical beings and we have all this energy inside us. And there's actually healing is possible for everybody. I'm like, what is this wildness? I thought this was some, you know, TV movie type of thing. But I should back up, back up because the healing really came for me through working with, you know, plant medicines and then finding breath work and then getting really excited about learning about energy healing and kundalini yoga and, and different yoga practices and just really getting to know myself for the very first time in my life in a way that I had never experienced previous to sobriety. So I was born. <laughs> you just said so much. I'm like, wait a minute, hold the clock. Okay. One thing that you just said that I want, I want our mamas and our listeners to hear, right? The mother is born the same time our children are born. We are reborn. And there's something about in sobriety as well. We are reborn. And I feel like every day for me personally, I have an opportunity to be reborn. Like I have an opportunity to evolve every single day. And there are days when I'm like, no, I'm not doing that today. You know, they're just like, I'm just like, nope, I'm yeah. going to stay the same. And it's those days that I get a little crunchy or I'm not as healthy or yeah. I'm not the best mom. Right. And so I love this idea of just being born. Thank you for sharing that. And the other thing that you mentioned is, you know, motherhood is a rite of passage. Again, I can just equate that to sobriety. It's a rite of passage. When we get sober, 
it Mm -hmm. is like, we've made a decision, a profound decision to live differently, right? We live in a culture that is bombarded with this patriarchal, like madness around drinking and it's okay. And the advertising. And so when a woman and a mom says enough is enough, that is just like, that's epic, right? It is so deep. So I just want to say thank you for owning that and really just stepping into it. I want to dig a little into your path because you mentioned plant medicine. I can't let that go by. (laughs) I want to know what you were doing. Okay. Uh, You know, because there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different ways to get sober, right? There are many paths and I'm super into all of them. As long as, you know, we put down the drink and we like start living differently. So let's, let's dive into what was that experience? So uh, for me, I actually started doing a lot of research when I decided that I wanted to get sober. And actually I had started doing research before my son was born, because I knew that my hope was that one day I would find something that would help me. That wasn't a 12 step program because I just, I was very resistant because I was a rebel in the family. Right. So I had 12 steppers in my family and I didn't want to do it that way simply because they did it that way. So I was resistant to going to meetings. I was resistant Mm -hmm. to reading the big book. Mm -hmm. Even though I had read the big book, I'd been to Alateen, Al-Anon, you know, my, my father being an alcoholic. So I started looking on my own Mm -hmm. and what I found was the work of Dr. Gabor Mate. Yes. Bring it. <laughs> oh my God. I love him. Right. Yeah. And he's also a Canadian, uh, which I'm from Vancouver, BC. And my mom actually, uh, my mom and my grandma worked in recovery, addiction and recovery uh, in the skids, uh, skid row in Vancouver, where he actually has his clinic. So I was like, oh my gosh, when I found him, I felt, it felt like coming home. I'm like, here's this man. He understands everything. He's worked with indigenous people. He, and the way that he was speaking about addiction just felt right in my body. There was a knowingness that, oh my God, the way that he's talking about it is, is the truth. Because one of the things that did not resonate with me was the 12 step program is that you're an alcoholic or an addict for life. And it was just this whole thing that I saw. I saw personally from my perspective, you know, watching my grandmother's aunts and uncles in that program that I just, it didn't resonate with me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the way that he speaks about addiction is that, you know, we need to deal with our trauma and it will deal with the trauma. We heal the trauma, we heal the wound, and we'll be able to heal be and now be people in recovery versus labeling, labeling myself an addict or an alcoholic for life, which just, you know, this is something that I think for a lot of people just doesn't resonate. Right. Mm So I ended up, he, and he talks about plant medicine, ayahuasca. So I started to research ayahuasca and trying to see, you know, where places might be that I could sit with the medicine safely and different Mm -hmm. practitioners. Mm -hmm. As an indigenous woman, I all, it was really important to me to find an indigenous practitioner, like a, a real, somebody that had a lineage with the medicine that wasn't you know, somebody that had, you know, gone to Peru and discovered this thing. And now is it a shaman in Hollywood or something, right? Cause that's popular too. <laughs> but I really was looking for, for God and for that connection and, and just being able to heal in that way. 
And interesting enough, I'm, I, I said it, I made the, I set the intention within myself. Like I want to sit with this plant medicine. It looks terrifying. <laughs> it looks intimidating, but so does dying. So at that point, like you're talking about, you know, it being hard to get sober. Well, it's hard not being sober. So at some point we get to pick our hard, you know, and when we pick our hard, I'd rather pick the, the, the hard part of being sober every single day, because I get to be alive with my son. I get to be of service. You know, I get to learn about different ways just to have fun and create more joy, more space for joy in life. But yeah, so plant medicine, I ended up, it found me, it found me. So I set that intention. And then actually uh, my ex-husband ended up going on, on a retreat because he was also getting sober with me and he didn't even know what kind of retreat he was going on. He, he actually went and saw Kyle Cease, who's an amazing motivational speaker. Uh, he went to one of his weekend programs and he had such a profound experience. And Kyle said, hey, come join me at this retreat in Costa Rica. So he literally signed up for it and went. And then he realized, oh my gosh, I'm on an ayahuasca t- retreat. And, and when he came home from that, we were still married at the time. When he came home from that, he says, all right, it's your turn. You're going to go on this retreat and work with this plant medicine. And I was floored because I was like, oh my gosh, this is what we had been talking about because we had this dream to get sober together. And but yeah, so the plant medicine literally found us after we set the intention of getting sober and, and finding the right people. And in Costa Rica, we worked with in, an indigenous tribe that was you know working with the lineage and that mm-hmm. felt like home. So I'm just guessing I have not done ayahuasca, but I'm guessing it was a profound experience. It was hugely profound. And I, I definitely feel like it's not for everybody for sure. Mm-hmm. Because it's, I mean, they call it the path of the warrior for a reason. It's, it's messy. It's uncomfortable. Really? Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's definitely a process of healing that you go through. That's very arduous and you are faced with yourself. Like you, yeah. you really go to face yourself in every, in every regard. Yeah. Uh, but I, in that moment, I found my redemption. I think it was my, I, I had sat in two ceremonies cause you, they have, there's a place called Rhythmia that I went to and they have a whole program where you sit with different people. And the third night that I sat was with this, with Tai Tawan and uh, he's from Colombia. But when I was sitting with him, uh, something happened where I actually connected with God. And mm. I and I felt like I actually, I had a moment where I was given a choice to choose. Like, do you want to be healed from your addiction? And if you are healed, how is your life going to be different? What commitments are you making? You know, and so yeah. my commitment to God was, you know, that I would, that I would serve others and that I would stay on the path of, of being the best person I could be every day. Yeah. And I've stayed on that path and my life has gotten better and better. Yeah. So, you know, and that's just my story. I know that there's other people that have, you know, my ex-husband also uh, worked with plant medicine to find sobriety. And then it wasn't just about the plant medicine though. It was also about the community that we had around us afterward, the integration and the complete and total lifestyle change. Because uh, without all of those things together, 
I think plant medicine could just be a band-aid and you could go have a profound experience, but then go back to life the way it was. So, so I, I don't want to make it sound like plant medicine is the, is the thing, right? Because it it really does uh, take all of the holistic parts and and change practices. Yeah. And I love that you went into a safe container and in the indigenous world, it's, do you go back to it? Or is it like once and done and you're like, is it like a yearly practice? What, what's. Yeah, no, that's so I have gone back a couple of times after I've done it uh, once a year, but Mm -hmm. with COVID, we haven't been able to go. I haven't been able to just go to Columbia or, but you know, I would, you know, if it called me, I would sit with the medicine again, but I have, I have sat several times uh, and each time it's, it's helped me build my character it's really helped me expand the way that I think about the world and just my capacity, my created a greater capacity to love other people. So, you know, when we, I just, you know, when we go into breath work, Mm -hmm. this is the only way that I can relate to this conversation because I've never done plant medicine. Right. But when we go into the breath work and there's that expansion that happens, that that's, is that what plant medicine is like? Is that the same? Can you equate it to that? Or is it completely different? No, that's a great question. So what I, I actually found breath work immediately after I sat with plant medicine, because uh, the place that I went actually offered breath work as part of the integration process. Mm. So what I found was, is that a breath work is a direct connection to go to the same place that you go to when you plug into a plant medicine in a ceremonial space. Yeah. And so it's, it's not, um, of course, ayahuasca is going to be a way bigger experience. Mm. But breath work is, is definitely right up there because you're, you're plugging into source. You're, yeah. you're plugging into that place of oneness, that place where a uh, huge healing can also occur. Yep. And, and that's why I also became a facilitator. Cause I was like, wow, you know, if, if we can get to this hugely expansive healing right. place, just using our breath, like uh-huh. everybody uh-huh know about this. It's so true. Everybody needs to be doing breath work. I, mm-hmm. uh, like that, like, it's just so yeah. good. It's like, if you, <laughs> anybody who's listening to this right now, we yeah. invite you to try breath work. Yes. Like today. Uh, yeah. Yes. I'm saying yes to that. So, okay. Let's, I, I love the plant medicine. I'm super intrigued by that because again, I think there are so many pathways to finding that connection because really when I look at addiction, when I break it down over this, over these many, many years that I've been sober, alcoholism, the mental illness that I suffer from is a, a disconnect. I have a disconnection from my source and it, and it makes me act out inappropriately, offensively, argumentatively, like, it's just like not okay. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when I put that into being a mom or a partner or a friend, you know, I can't be a really great friend, a mom or a partner when I'm disconnected from that source energy. Mm-hmm. So when I look at sobriety, whatever pathway it is, it's going to connect you back to that. So this, this plant medicine, I know people do ketamine people do. I mean, there's so many ways now the micro dosing that's happening. It's, it's, I'm fascinated by it. I'm just truly fascinated because whatever it is that you need to do to get off the daily drink, mm-hmm. right? The disconnection from your true source, your true power, your true essence, right? And, and breath work, let's, let's get into breath work because I love that you, you work 
with Breathwork for Recovery, which is a powerful organization providing that this magical (laughs) experience. I just love it. How long have you been doing that? So I've been doing that for the last two years and I, I absolutely love it. When I, when I first started training the breathwork training, I did it to heal myself, to just get to know myself better. And I never imagined that it would lead me to actually facilitating breathwork for groups in recovery centers. I I never saw myself doing that, but it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, every single day I feel so rewarded because I am in the trenches with people that are fighting for their recovery. They're fighting for their life and there's a lot on the line and being able to see people that are suffering, you know, do one session of breath work. And it's almost as if their soul, their soul snaps back into you're like, Whoa, yes, happened. (laughs) You know, (laughs) what just happened to me? I feel alive. And you're like, and you can literally see the lights turn on in people's eyes. The physiology lights up, their face gets brighter and they smile, you know, and and they become aware Mm -hmm. of, you know, their emotions in a way that, that becomes um, something that works for them instead of works against them, which I think is such a beautifully transformational process. You, you just said it. So the lights come back on their soul snaps back in it. So I have normal friends. Of course we all have normal friends. I don't know why I'm saying it that way. (laughs) So I have some moms right in my, you know, I hang out with some moms and there's one who I've turned on to breath work. I was like, you, you have to check this out. And Mm -hmm. since she's gotten involved with breath work, she's not drinking as much anymore. She's Mm -hmm. creating a regular practice, right? She's just a little more leveled, you -hmm. know, this, the breath work I find it does some really crazy things. Oh, it's such a game changer. Yeah. And, you know, I think like I was talking to one of my classes the other day and they're, they're like, well, it's just all these emotions and all this pain. And, you know, and I'm like, well, if you really think about it, like what, what are our emotions really, except for energy, ready? Right. It's just energy. And so if we're getting that energy stuck in our body, because energy is energy in motion, our emotions, and we're just clamming that down inside of our body, of course, we're going to feel anxiety and depressed because it's not meant to stay in there. Right. And we, we got to move it out some, somehow. And so I think when they start leaning into the practice, they just automatically, I mean, it's an immediate shift. I know that's what you're, yeah. your, your mom, but it's a beautiful thing. It really is. How often do you practice? Uh, at least once a week. And if I get stressed out, then it's more often. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do you have any other practice that you do on a regular, on daily basis? I am. I prayer and meditation. I, yeah. I love affirmations. Yeah. Affirmations have actually been a big part of just self-learning how to speak kinder to myself about myself because I know that that internal voice was just so raunchy. I mean, <laughs> she was just not a very nice girl. Let me tell you. Oh, that's a real, she had a potty mouth. Yeah. I, I don't know. Sometimes I can hear that voice in my head. I'm like, oh, uh-uh, not you again. And those are the days. I mean, the longer that we stay sober, right? Like that voice will go to sleep and she'll just go to bay. Like, mm-hmm. see ya. But then all of a sudden you'll wake up on the wrong side of the bed and she's there loud. Oh yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so how do you deal with that? 
I literally affirmations and I okay. them, well, actually not so much affirmations for in that moment. Like when I feel the moment I, I hear a negative Nelly coming yeah. out, I go to gratitude. Mm. And I, that was the one thing that my grandmother taught me right off the bat was, you know, you just go right to gratitude. And even if it's the most ridiculous thing, I mean, oh my God, I'm so grateful for my hands. I'm, I'm grateful I have clothes on. I'm grateful there's a roof over my head. There's food in my belly, right? There's, there's so many things. And she used to say, you know, you, you count to five, five things when you're feeling that way about, you know, gratitude. And if you feel like crap, then you have two hands. So do 10. No, true. Oh my God. Yeah. The science on gratitude is profound. I'm always like, how, how is this possible? Right? Like I've done research on gratitude and that five, five items a day, five days, it changes the whole network of the brain. It's just like incredible how effective it is. I, I just, yeah. Do you have a writing practice? Do you eat well? You know, the longer that we're sober, I find it's like, we're not holier than now. Yeah. We're just normal people. Right. So what's one thing that you're still doing and you're like, "Mm, I got to give that up. Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you're really going to call me out on that. (laughs) Okay. For me, it's sugar. So when I stopped drinking, all of a sudden I had a sweet tooth, which now I I know the physiology of it, you know, there's Mm -hmm. so much sugar and alcohol that burns up. But for a while it was chocolate. And then probably last year it switched over to ice cream. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's still there. It's still there. Right. The brain is just there. Mm-hmm. Like just like here, have a little bite. Yeah. And it, it changes. Mm-hmm. I, I just had to kick the matcha habit. Mm. Like seriously, it was, I, I was drinking three matchas a day. Oh no. Oh yeah. yeah. And you know, I'm justifying it saying, oh, the L-theanine is really good. Like it's an antioxidant. It's, it's mm-hmm. you know, meanwhile, I'm waking up, you know, at two o'clock and then I'm wide awake from two to four o'clock in the morning Oh no! because I'm wired from the matcha that I had, you know, at nine o'clock, 12 o'clock and three o'clock. And I'm, I'm wired over here because I just say like a whole box of mochis. So Heather, when we're up late night, you know, just Uh hanging out on our, our caffeine sugar highs. Oh my God. It's so (laughs) it's yeah. I mean, the, the, addiction, it's so sneaky. And the longer that we're sober, we still have to work. Like I still have to work. You know, I still have to do the prayer. I still have to do the meditation. I still have to do like these affirmations, everything that you're saying it's, it becomes like daily living. Yes. Do you think that one day you may write a book? I, I think so. Actually, I've been actually thinking about that a lot lately. And I think it would be really cool to share the story of, of my family and recovery. I'm just thinking about your grandma. I want to hear her story. Like, yes, I'm saying yes to that. She was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Writing is such a profound tool. I I just encourage everybody to write and write and write and write and write. Yeah. Let's share one more practical tip for parenting. For parenting. Yeah. Because, you know, the kids, you know, just kids get crazy and Mm -hmm. every mama is trying to manage right now. We're in, you know, we're still in this pandemic. So what's one thing that you can share with her that will settle her nerves in the moment of a meltdown or, you know, the kids are talking too loud in the back of the car. One thing. 
that our kids don't need us to be perfect. They just need our attention, you know, and when they're having that meltdown or, you know, having a fit or even, you know, misbehaving, doing all the things that they just are crying out for our love and attention. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a moment of literally just stopping to breathe and remembering this little person just wants my love. And it's okay for me to go easy on myself because I'm doing the best I can and to just stop and take that moment with them and just to be present with them and it'll pass. I love that you just said that. Take the moment with them. That just fills me up. Thank you for that reminder. Riss, where do you want everyone to follow you and follow your life? How can they find you? So I am on Instagram under Riss, R-I-S-S underscore H-S-U. And you can also find me on my Facebook group if you're interested in finding out more information at thelionessmethod.com. And you're doing weekly breath work over there? What's yes. monthly breath work? So every Wednesday night, I do a, a circle, a breathwork circle that's, it's been primarily women, but I, I've opened it up to women and partners. I say the, the women and the men who love us because a lot of people love to bring their, their spouses or partners. And yeah, it's Wednesday night, 7 p.m. every week. And you can sign up at breathewithris.com. Beautiful. So nice to speak with you. Thank you so much for being here and being a mother in recovery. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yes. All right, my dear friend, I hope you enjoyed this episode. May you find something bright, something light, and something so delicious that fills you up so you can be the best you can be today. Thank you again for listening, and we will see you next time. Take good care. Bye for now. What an amazing episode. Make sure to check out the new membership area with all the meditations, weekly and monthly meditations created just for you and your calm, sober, recovering life. You can find that all over at recoverlikeamother.com forward slash membership. Enjoy.